the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. The Jewish Hour can now be heard on jcastnetwork.org, your portal to Jewish broadcasting. It's also on iTunes and on your smartphone using the Stitcher app. Shower. I'm your host, Herschel Finman. We've got a great show for you. We're in the Shlishis Yimehag Balo. That means that Shavuos is within three days. It's Sunday night, and we get to listen to music. No more a cappella. We are full, full out as we go, as we say. In this half hour of the show, we'll be featuring an interview with Jeff Lazar, who is uh, the proponent for Yachad Detroit, an organization that takes care of the needs of special needs children, a very worthy organization. It's about time we had them on. We have wonderful music for you to listen to. I love playing music for you. portion of the week is going to be usurped, even though there is a portion of the week. The portion of the week is Nasa, which is Chapter 4 in the Book of uh, Numbers. But we're going to talk about the holiday of Shavuos, which comes up Tuesday night, as mentioned before. We've got a wonderful, really just inspiring Hasidic story. But before we do anything else, let's go right to the news. The Shabak, Israel's FBI, broke up a major terrorist ring in the West Bank. The group was planning to set bombs, kidnap soldiers, and make rockets. The group was guided by Hamas from Gaza via the Internet. Two people were hurt, one seriously, by rock-throwing Arabs in the West Bank. The people hurt were part of a protest against the continuing barrage of rock attacks in the area. 
Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was in Beijing this week, where he met with Chinese Premier Li Keqiang. The two talked of strengthening economic ties and the peace process. Li met with Prime Minister Mahmoud Abbas from the PA earlier this week. Arabs set fire to Jewish-owned vineyards near Shechem. Six Israelis were arrested for protesting against the arson. Two Israelis remain in police custody. There were only nine alien infiltrations, that means illegal immigrants, across the Egyptian border this April compared to over a thousand during the same period. The Israelis say this has to do with the security fence and heightened security at the border. And some good news related to the weather. The water level of the Kinneret is down one centimeter from its season high of 1.06 meters, less than the maximum lake capacity. So the water is now going down since all the water that's going into the lake is now in the lake. Cosmetics mogul Ronald Lauder was elected for a second term as president of the World Jewish Congress. This year's Congress was held in Budapest as a sign of solidarity with Hungary's Jewish community, which has seen a tremendous increase in acts of anti-Semitism. And finally, follow-up of the interview we had here on the show two weeks ago, the Israel Museum in Jerusalem and the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York together paid $2.9 million for a copy of a Rambam handwritten in 1486. The Mishnah Torah was purchased from businessman and philanthropist Michael Steinhardt. And that's the news. Some of the best jobs in the world are in the radio and television industry, and you too can join the workforce in as little as eight months when you complete your hands-on training at the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts located in Southfield, Michigan. At Spex Howard School, students get to play and learn at the same time. Imagine spending your class time behind the microphone, spinning music and hosting your own radio show, or designing and lighting a set for your own TV program, running a camera, learning to edit, directing a program. When you go to Spex, your day will be anything but dull. And if school is this fun, imagine how exciting it is to work in the growing industry. In addition, the credits you earn while attending Spex Howard School are currently accepted at 14 area colleges and universities. If you've always wanted the best job in the world, call for a tour of Spex Howard School at 248-358-9000. That's 248-358-9000. Or visit them on the web at specshoward.edu. Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. This is where you start. Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. We are on live with Mr. Jeff Lazar of Yachad Detroit. How are you today, Jeff? Doing well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank God. Thank you so much for taking up some of your time. Tell us about Yachad. What is Yachad? Yachad Detroit is an organization that allows us to be an inclusive youth group um, with kids of with, with Jewish kids throughout Metro Detroit who have special needs and who have the ability to do great things. So when we include them in all the activities with our youth groups, ultimately they shine through. Um, we have numerous different programs going on all the time to, you know, let them explore themselves and really work on growing as uh, individuals. Okay. How did, how did you get the idea for Yachad? Well, Yachad actually was very active in Detroit 20 years ago and slowly had fizzled out. And basically, I myself, just having a lot of respect for the organization, decided to 
restart the organization. It's been on my bucket list for many years. And when I was given the opportunity to finally restart it, um, I decided that uh, now was the right time in my life to do it. So we, so it's always been around. It's a national organization. Um, there are over 35 chapters throughout the United States and in Israel. Um, and basically, it's an organization that uh, is, is set up to be inclusive for folks with special needs. Okay, so your goal is to um, include special need children in programming that's already going on elsewhere? Well, we do both. We do a lot of our own programming. Um, we have on Thursday nights a program called Parsha and Pizza, where we learn Parsha with our members um, and with a wide array of members, um, anyone from uh, kids in the day school to kids with special needs who might be in public high school or in some of our Jewish schools. <clears throat> And we'll go through the partial, we'll have pizza, we'll do a project. We do that weekly out at the JCC in West Bloomfield um, at Jerusalem Pizza. The other thing that we'll do is we'll do a lot of our own programming, but if, if organizations, if shuls are doing programming, we always love to be invited to their programs. Um, uh, Base Kabbat actually invited us over this past year to a Hanukkah program, and um, they received tickets to a basketball game, and we, we partnered up with them, and we took you know, almost, you know, 65, 70 families out, I'm sorry, 65 people, uh, probably about 15, 20 families out to the basketball game to see the Pistons. And uh, just and so we will do a variety of programming with a variety of organizations. We just need to be given an invitation. Okay. Is there, um, tell us about the need for such programming. Uh, there are other organizations that are doing similar things in the city, correct, Jeff Lazar? I'm sorry, I did not hear you. I would like, tell us about the need for Yachad Detroit. Uh, there are other organizations in the city, I believe, that are also working with special needs children. Are there not? There are a number of organizations throughout our community, as well as the greater, you know, United States that work with individuals with special needs. Um, it's not so much telling you, you know, the other organizations as much as, as it's telling you that. In a meeting we had in our, with our folks back in July, most parents with a child with special needs do their due diligence to find the appropriate activities for their kids. The bigger part is that there's never enough activities for their kids. Okay. Do you have any nuance that's, that makes you, that differentiates you from other organizations in the city? I'm sorry, I did not hear you. Are there? Do you have a certain nuance? Is there something special, unique, the way you do your programs, your gearing programs, or different types of programs that other organizations don't have? Yeah, well, in many ways. The fact is that we do a number of different types of programs. Most of our programs, I, I, well, I shouldn't say most, all of our programs are socially inclusive. Um, they're, when I say they're socially inclusive, we did a scavenger hunt at a mall. We took a group of kids with what I would consider to be a large group with 45 kids running around the mall doing a scavenger hunt. And the teams were made up of folks with different abilities. All of our programs, Parsha and Pizza, it's a program built around kids who all have different abilities. Um, every single program we do, it's more of a social event. Um, and we do different things like RBC training, which is a relationship building course, which all of our activities have a social and educational focus. And it's really being out together as a group within the community. Mm -hmm. What tells? Do you have like a volunteer network helping you? Yes, um, we have 
many kids throughout uh, the the different schools. Um, you know, there's so many different adult volunteers that we have that participate on a regular, consistent basis to help us out. Um, just families that help us out. So we do have, and we always have a need for more. There's never enough people uh, volunteering. We have people who volunteer and take folks for Shabbos for the weekend. We have folks who will come to our weekly programs and just assist and just participate to, you know, be part of the program. Mm-hmm. I, I see that um, your your organization is affiliated with the OU, the Union of Orthodox Rabbis, which is a uh, international organization. How involved is, is this organization, the national organization, with your chapter, Yachad Detroit? The Orthodox Union is, we are a subsidiary of them. Um, we are just one of the arms of the OU. They have plenty of arms. Uh, we are one of the arms. Directly, um, on a financial level, I'm sure that they're a part of the organization, but on a daily basis, they really have no effect on our local organization. Mm-hmm. Now, the National Office of Yachad, on the other hand, um, on a daily basis, we're always in contact, you know, discussing what type of program we can do, you know, learning about new things that are going on in other cities that we could implement here within our own city, and a variety of stuff like that. But direct, you know, correlation to the OU, we don't have a constant, uh, you know, line into them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are there, as you said, there are 35 chapters around the country and world. Are there, like, Yachad conventions? You said, is there Yachad contingent? Conventions. Yes. We have numerous conventions throughout the year. Um, there's numerous, numerous, every city has, you know, one to two conventions a year um, where, it's a, where it's a Yachad Shabbaton. So essentially four Shabbos. Um, all of our youth will get together, and age-wise, we do vary, but uh, we'll all get together for a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful program. We actually have this morning a bus leaving for Cleveland at 12 noon. Um, actually, but they are leaving at 12 noon to uh, head out to Cleveland for the weekend, and they'll return on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll be gone for the entire Sabbath. And basically, on Shabbos, they'll have an opportunity to hear different speakers, um, get together, hang out with their friends, and uh, enjoy Shabbos away from home. Okay, and that's for both the volunteers and for the special needs kids? Um, yeah, the reality is, is that I, I don't really like to make such a differentiation because ultimately we're a youth group where everyone has the ability to belong regardless of what their abilities are. Understood. What, how, how young is the youngest and how old is the oldest participant in the Yachad functions, Jeff Lazar? In, in terms of the Yachad function, they have three different chapters. You have, you know, junior, senior, and reign is how that breaks down. Is age-wise, you're talking here locally in Detroit. I have as young as a nine-year-old who participates, all the way up to a 41-year-old who participates. Um, but we have a we do have breakdowns from juniors and seniors and our older kids. We have different programming for all levels that we try to gear programming directly towards them so that they're not feeling, um, let's say, slighted or, or, you know, that they're not feeling funny. Like a a 41-year-old man is not doing the same programming that an 8-year-old child is doing. Right. Understood. What about the volunteers? Can can anybody volunteer? Um, Our volunteers are, uh, we always are accepting volunteers. Um, Somebody can always go to our Facebook page. 
and, uh, you know, try to message us and, you know, express their wishes to volunteer. Um, but we're always accepting volunteers to come out and participate with all of our programs. Mm-hmm. Do volunteers need special training? One of the things that we offer is we actually do offer a sensitivity training program where we'll work with volunteers who, you know, are maybe uncomfortable with with different populations. Ultimately, there's no training. There's just a desire to work with people and be part of something great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you envision yourself, say, like next year at this time and five years from the, and ten years from now? Um, in the grand spectrum of Yachad here in Detroit, I would like to see us being a, an efficient and effective part of the Orthodox community and the greater Jewish community. There's a lot of different opportunities that we have to work in our community to help build out different programs, specifically to give you different ideas. You know, there's lots of different programs that we have going on, and there's different programs we have, you know, planned for next year. Next year, our goal is to be working within numerous of the numerous jar homes to help bring them Parsham Pizza as well. You know, it's one of our significant programs we run on a weekly basis. You know, there's, so there's numerous programs that we have an opportunity to work throughout the community. Mm-hmm. Okay, terrific. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, Jeff Lazar, I'm sure you're the go-to man, I suppose, for to getting involved with Yaha Detroit. If they have a, ch- a child with special needs, if they want to volunteer, if they want to contribute, how do they go about doing that, to Jeff Lazar? DetroitYachad at ou.org. Um, and I get all those emails directly. That's your email. Do you have a, a uh, website? Um, you can always visit uh, the national. I actually don't know how to be quite honest. Um, it's not a local net website. It is a national website, and it's uh, njcd. Njcd stands for the National Jewish Council for Disabilities. National Jewish Council for Disabilities, which is also a uh, an OU program. Okay, that's going to do us. Well, thank you so much for telling us about us. And, uh, of course, just to remind you that the Jewish Hour does do public service announcements for community organizations and keep us apprised of what you're doing, and we'll announce them on the air. Thank you so much. Okay, that'll do us. Well, thank you so much, and, and take care. Be well. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. Chiropractic healthcare offers patients the advantage of a safe and natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. People of all ages, including children, benefit from chiropractic's unique approach to health. Call area code 248-557-1818 today to find out how chiropractic can benefit your family. At the Solomon Chiropractic Center, we especially love children. All kids should have their spines checked periodically throughout their crucial growing years. Growth on a crooked foundation will create a crooked spine and become harder to correct later in life. Kids love to get adjusted at the Solomon Chiropractic Center. And hey moms, did you know that chiropractic offers a safe, drug-free approach to helping with the many pains women often get during and after pregnancy? We even have special tables which open up so pregnant women can lay on their stomachs. We treat moms, dads, children, and grandparents with arthritic pains, neck pains, back pain, and headaches. People of all ages, including kids, benefit from chiropractic. 
Come experience the natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. Stop living in pain. Call area code 248-557-1818 today for a free consultation at the Solomon Chiropractic Center to discuss you and your family's health needs. Remember, 557-1818. That's 557-HIGH-HIGH. Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Shower. It is time for our musical segment of the program. We've got a couple of really good songs for you. All pretty much new, brand new. Uh, yeah, all of them brand new, as a matter of fact. This is this is David Green from Jerusalem singing Jerusalem, the eye of the universe. And we're doing this one just for you. Between the body and the soul And the heavens and the earth God soon with the nations of the world People pray No more need to fight And our godly light Will shine even brighter And revive the life Oh Yerushalayim I can't explain But I've never felt this way I gotta kiss the ground Cause I'm overwhelmed I'm in love with this ancient city There's something in the air I never felt anywhere Tell me why I'm feeling more alive With every step I take As I make my way To the heart of the holy city Touch the world of stone a part of my bones With a gentle kiss I know I finally found my way home
assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's a symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. Benny Friedman, the up and coming star. I think what time do you what point do you stop becoming up and coming? I don't know how many records you have to cut. Cut a song recently called Who Believes? And Mi Mi Yamin is an title in Hebrew. So let's listen in to Benny Friedman. <laughs>
Art Studio of Oak Park is now accepting students. Whether you're a real beginner or have been at it for a lifetime, the Art Studio of Oak Park has something for you. All levels welcome, all ages welcome. Private tutoring or small friendly classes. Flexible hours available. The Art Studio of Oak Park is very affordable. Make your life better. Put art into your life. The Art Studio of Oak Park offers lessons in a strictly kosher environment. Call today, 248-542-5087. That's 248-542-5087. It's great having an art room right in the neighborhood. Hey, Shulchan, here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. Moscow is coming in its own. There, just before, just to back up a little bit, what I'm talking about, there is the Yiddish uh, Yiddish Book Depository in uh, Waltham, Mass. I think is where they are, somewhere in Massachusetts, and they sponsor something called Klez Camp, Klez Fest. It's in uh, the end of June, sometime, and they have this whole major thing going on with like klezmer concerts and they have all kinds of things going on over there and russia is like that's where klezmer music started right so they started something called the moscow klezmer festival and we have for your listening pleasure this is taken from this is like the uh, after all the bands were like uh, did their thing. They all came back on stage. This is what this is. And they're playing a medley of klezmer music. Let's listen in.
Why go to a hospital to get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital. The same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year, one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Herschel Fimmon here. You are listening to the Jewish Shower. We got a request just came in. God Albaz is an Israeli singing sensation. And the piece I want to is Halila Zehazman. Tonight's the night. And it has to do with all kinds of things having to do with tonight being the night. Like, for example, like the first night of Shavuos, we stay up all night and we learn, for example. I'll talk about that soon. But in the meantime, let's listen to God Elbaz.
This is Spex Howard from the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. We're happy to sponsor the Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding for the Jewish Hour comes from its sponsors, it's listeners like you that help keep the Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to the Jewish Hour, 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. That's 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. Your help is greatly appreciated. Herschel Van here. You're listening to the Jewish Hour. This week, Tuesday night, is the holiday of Shavuos. If you ask any rabbi what is the most important holiday in the Jewish calendar, they will tell you whatever holiday is coming up next. The next holiday coming up is the holiday of Shavuos, and you can look at it, and we can say that were it not for the holiday of Shavuos, you wouldn't have any other holiday. I've often called Shavuos the Chrysler of the big three holidays. It's just like people just don't seem to know about it. But what is Shavuos representing? What is it celebrating? We're celebrating the giving of the Torah on Sinai 3,325 years ago. And were the Torah not given on Sinai 3,325 years ago, we wouldn't be sitting here talking. There wouldn't be, there would be no Judaism, forget about having a Passover or a Sukkot or a Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur or a Jewish hour or anything else, because it is the holiday of Shavuos that allows us to be doing all these things that we're doing. Just uh, uh, in brief, before we get into the depth of the holiday, the customs of the holiday of Shavuos. Well, we stay up all night and we learn to show our dedication to the learning of the Torah. And we eat dairy products on the first day because when the Jews got the Torah, they realized that their dishes were not kosher and the meat that they had slaughtered, if they had slaughtered any meat, wasn't kosher. And so they were hungry because it was like probably about 10 o'clock in the morning. They'd been up since dawn and they needed to eat something, and so they had a dairy brunch. And so we have dairy brunches. It is also a custom to give flowers. I know many people got flowers today for Mother's Day, so hopefully your Mother's Day bouquet will last through at least Thursday. But if not, on Tuesday, go buy some more flowers. The reason being is it says, one, according to one medrash, that Mount Sinai, was, which is a desert mountain and nothing growing on it, was totally and completely in bloom with magnificent flowers. And so we give flowers. That's it. That's all the holidays. We don't have to have satyrs and we don't have matzah and we don't have sitting in booths and the huts in the outside in the backyard when it's getting cold and shaking lulavs and branches and all that kind of stuff. We just, it's a holiday. In Israel, it's one day. These people, this is described to me, they stay up on Tuesday night. They uh, go to sleep for a couple hours. They go to the synagogue for a couple hours. They eat some dairy stuff, go back to sleep for a couple hours, go back to the synagogue for two hours or so, and then the holiday's over, and that's it. That's how they do Shavuos, which really is a pretty cool thing when you think about it. There's a whole preparation that goes into the holiday of Shavuos. It began already last Friday, two days ago. Friday, the Jewish people came and camped in the mountain. This is all recorded in the book of Exodus in chapter 20, I believe it is. And they camped there as one single unit, 
one entity, the Jewish people. As I, when people ask me about the uh, the song that's sung during Passover about Dayenu. So there's a verse in Dayenu that if God had brought us to Sinai, not giving us the Torah, then it would have been, Dayenu would have been enough. And they asked the question, wait a minute, the only reason why we went to Sinai was to get the Torah. It was, was, it's not a tourist destination, even till this day. There is nothing there. It doesn't even warrant any, like, pilgrimages. Supposedly there's a, uh, a monastery built on Sinai, but there's one problem is we don't know really which mountain Sinai was or where it was or even if it was in the Sinai. So, because we're not into that, that kind of stuff. But when the Jews came to Sinai, there was no fighting. And if it had been that the Jews had gotten to Sinai and there was no quarrels for everybody, and that would have stayed the way it would be until today, that would have been enough for us without giving the Torah. The second day is called Yom HaMiyuchas. That would have been Saturday, yesterday. This is the day that Moses went up the mountain and came down the mountain and said to the Jewish people, after they had proclaimed, we will do the Torah and we will understand it, he said that you are a nation of, a holy nation, a nation of priests. Which, the reason why we call this the miyuchas, miyuchas means like a inheritance or a ancestry is your yichus, uh, or it's a special day, an auspicious day, because we got called this. This is where the Jews become really the chosen people. It is the day in which we accepted upon ourselves the responsibility of adhering to the tenets of the Torah in all the details. We said, we'll do it without even looking into it. And then we said, and by the way, we're going to look into it too. So we, are, we told the Almighty, and the Almighty was very happy about this, that the bottom line why Jews do commandments and learn Torah is because we're told to, but... It's not the only reason why we do the commandments. It is the base. But from there we say, wait a minute, I want to understand what I'm doing. And we're encouraged to ask questions. And we're told every question has an answer. And every answer has a question. And we're told that it's not knowing everything is important. It's getting there, being on that journey of doing whatever it is that the guise of the Torah and the commandments. It's very important to ask those questions. The person should keep asking those questions. The questions are very important because the questions, it's, it's, we have the Talmud, for example, which is the oral tradition written down, and it contains in it the discussions. It's not just the answers. This is what you do in this in a situation. The questions are also included. And we're told that the questions are also part of the Torah. Because it's a, it's a, our minds are to be trained such that whenever we see something, we should analyze it holistically. Not to say what's wrong with this. We can say what's, what's right with this. But anything that we, any situation should, uh, should evoke within us a, a curiosity. What would be if type scenario? And we accepted upon ourselves that we're going to do that on the second day of the Hebrew month of Sivan. Then the Jews were told what would be basically today, tomorrow, and Tuesday, prepare yourselves, wash your clothes, do all kinds of, uh, you know, preparation for it, which is what we're doing now. 
people who have been refraining from, say, getting their hair cut during these days and getting people to get, get married now. So all that is all these things you can go back to normal life. Go back to building your house if you're in the middle of building a, a, a re, doing renovations on the house, doing all that kind of stuff. That's all fine. Buy new clothes. You need a new suit for the Yantif. Hey, you got to have new clothes, right? It does say that uh, it is customary for Yantif, before Yantif, that uh, husbands, it's just between the husbands, husbands should buy their wives jewelry for the holiday. It makes them happy. Because the main thing of the holiday is to be happy. Men, we're happy with a big old piece of meat. That's fine. You know, so... Our wives do that. They provide us with these wonderful festive meals. We need to provide our wives with stuff, too, to make them happy as well. So then we have, what is the accomplishment of the giving of the Torah? The Jewish people really basically knew the Torah before they got the Torah. Going back to Abraham, you can go back to Adam if you want, but there was a, there was a break in the tradition there. Adam knew about the Torah, but he wasn't Jewish, and he did teach people about it. Um, going up all the way through to that chain lasted all the way to, to Shem, which was Noah's son, Shem and his grandson, Aver. But Abraham was told by the Almighty, I want your children to get the Torah. So Abraham was a clever businessman. He was not like the Jewish people in Egypt are coming and standing by Sinai who said, oh yeah, you want to give it to us? We'll take it. Abraham said, let me check out the merchandise. I want to know if what my children are going to have to go through, is it worth it them having the responsibilities of being the, the keepers of the, of the Torah? And so God said, fine. And Abraham learned every facet and detail of the Torah And even accepted upon himself to keep all the commandments. And what did he do? He told it all over to his child, Yitzchak. And Yitzchak told it to, to Jacob and his grandchildren that were there while Yitzchak was around. And Judah, has, Judah was told to set up a yeshiva in Goshen for Jacob so he could be the teacher of all of his grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And the Jews, there were always people that were sitting and learning Torah. It was all oral, of course, with maybe some brief notes that were written down, per se. So when they got, were told about getting the Torah, they already knew about pretty much what they were getting into. And they knew that it was worth it. Maybe this Nasif and Nishma stuff is a little bit uh, overblown, but I'm not going there. So what then was this accomplishment of getting the Torah on Sinai? On a very simple level, you could say, well, before Sinai, they knew about the Torah. On Sinai, they had the Torah. Okay, It's like if I was going to give you a present, I told you all about it, and you could just tell me every detail and facet about the present that I'm about to give you, but I haven't given it to you yet, so it's not yours. Like this, the Torah is now ours. In addition, what was accomplished by the giving of the Torah was an establishment of our ability, humankind, not just Jews, ability to make the world godly. Up until that time, for the first 2,448 years of the world's existence, 
they really weren't able to improve it. The job at that point was just to populate the world. You know, it happened after uh, 1,600 years or so. The, uh, they had to start all over again with Noah and his family. So it really became the, the job of Noah's children to populate the world up until that time. Not really so much to get involved with making the world a better place yet. Now, in the year 2448, the Almighty said, now is the time. And what happens now is, up until that time, spiritual and physical were two different realms. comes along the giving of the Torah. And the Almighty nullified the decree of Hashemayim, Shemayim, Lahashem, Vaharis, Nasan, Livnei Adam. It's a verse from the Psalms, which is said, we said it on last Friday, we'll say it on Wednesday and Thursday, the heaven is the heavens of God and the earth is for, for the children of man. That decree of separateness was revoked with the giving of the Torah so that we have the ability of drawing down godliness into the world and making the physical more spiritual. And we also have the ability of elevating the physical to make the physical more spiritual. We have this meeting of the realms, you might say. That was the tremendous... Uh, accomplishment of the Torah. I could talk for another hour just about this, but we've got to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. No, we don't have a quick commercial break. <laughs> okay. We've gone through all our commercials. Anybody want a commercial in the Jewish hour, just contact Rabbi Finman at www.rabbifinman.com. And indeed, if you'd like to get in touch with me, this is, if you have forgotten in the last six minutes, you're listening to the Jewish hour and I'm Herschel Finman. The way to get in touch with me, is www.rabbifinman.com. You'll be able to contact me right at the homepage. We have archived editions of the radio show. We have, you want to hear about that arch, that uh, auction that happened a couple of weeks ago at Sotheby's. You can follow up on the uh, that book of Maimonides, which nobody bought me for a birthday present. It only went, it was a bargain. They said the list price was going to be between 4.0 and 6.2 million, and it only sold for 3.2.9, a steal. But I figure, well, it was only half of the bo- half a book. The other half is sitting in the Vatican someplace, and they're not selling it. So you want to hear about that? www.rabbifinman.com. And you'll also find the archived editions of the U-Parsha, the E-Parsha, and the Hasidic U-Story, which are various media of yours truly presenting insights into Judaism in an interesting and hopefully entertaining way. Hopefully, hopefully. And you'll also find the very, 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 very important donation page. We are in the midst of May. That means we have to pay the piper. April's paid. March is paid. Thank God. You people came through. We initially were a sponsor-supported radio station. We, our sponsorship is down. We are therefore more likely to say a listener-sponsored radio show. So if you're listening, hey, you have to do what you got to do. Nasev Anishma, the Jews said, we'll do it. We'll understand later. If you give to the Jewish Hour, I guarantee you'll understand later why you had to. Because you'll be keeping Detroit's only Jewish radio program, which has been on air 17 years. We've been able to do it with your help and your support. So do it. If you don't like sending mail, uh, giving contributions through the Internet, which I understand it's all very, very secure. I haven't heard anybody ever have a problem with PayPal. But that's how we do it. 
you can send your contribution to The Jewish Hour, 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. Story today, there was a disciple of Muttel of Chernobyl. Muttel of Chernobyl lived, of course, in the city of Chernobyl, which is now melted down. Um, sometime, I guess, he was, his prominence was the 1860s. And someone was traveling, when a very rich man was traveling to visit him for the holiday of Shavuos. And he stopped and he picked up a hitchhiker. And they sat there quietly and uh, for a while. And then the hitchhiker asked this very wealthy man, uh, you going to uh, Chernobyl? He said, yes, I'm going to see Chernobyl. And he said, are you going to see Matala? And this man was taken aback. This is his Rebbe. We does not, it is, <laughs> you don't refer to as uh, one's, one's uh, mentor by such a diminutive name. This means like little, this, this little boy you would call Matala. You know, so you call him Matala. And he was taken aback, but he didn't say anything because what do you figure, who's this guy, you know, so... So then the guy asked this, the hitchhiker asked, are you a chassid? Are you a disciple? And he said, yes, I consider myself to be a disciple of this Reb Matal of Chernobyl. Thank you very much. And he said to him, if you would be a real disciple, you would pay the $20 that he owes me. Actually, it's 20 gold rubles. There's a lot of money that he owes me. So he says, what are you talking about? This is like nonsense. Matal of Chernobyl owes you 20 rubles? And he said, yeah. And he took out a piece of paper, and on it was written that said, I owe this man, it has his name on it, 20 rubles in gold. And so he just like was put to the challenge. Said, okay, fine. And he counted out 20 gold rubles, and he put this little piece of paper, he folded it up, and he put it in his snuff box. Snuff was very popular. Snuff was popular for a while when I was uh, in college. I actually participated in this fad for about a month. And then <laughs> I don't, it got ugly after that. I'm not going into details on the radio. And said, this is absolutely stupid. Why would anybody stick this stuff up your nose? But it was very common in Europe to have fancy snuff boxes. And let me tell you what you could spend on a snuff box. Anyway, so he stuffed the piece of paper in the snuff box. He spent the holiday with his Rebbe Reb Muttel was in inspired and, and aroused and and impressed and just before he left he wanted to say goodbye to his Rebbe and requested a private audience as soon as he walked in the Rebbe asked him he said uh, do you have your snuff box with you and he said why yeah he totally forgot about the piece of paper he opened up the snuff box to, to this is what the courtesy is is you open the snuff box and you, can hand, you, you hand it to it and let the guy uh, take some snuff from it the piece of paper fell out and uh he looked at it and said, where'd you get this from? And he told him the whole story, and he said, you should know that that man who you gave a ride to was one of the Lamed Vovniks, one of the 36 hidden righteous people by whom the world runs. And you have the privilege of helping and support him. So the man was taken aback. He said, I would have treated him. What you got was good. And so every year the man would send, on the holiday of Shavuos, he would send to Reb Matl 20 gold rubles to help support the man. That's going to do it. That's the show. 
We thank you so much for tuning in. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope you have a great week. A happy Shavuos. Mechabalos, a terrible, simple, ubepnimius. You should receive the Torah again with joy and inwardness. And we'll see you again next week. Take care. ממשיך על הים, ממשיך גם אחר. חותך באוויר, בין הבתים, יוצא לאור, אל חיים חדשים. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.